0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Rebuilding New York Football, powered by TheBullRush.com. That's The-BullRush.com if you want to check it out. The Bull Rush is something that I started about a year ago, kind of just to talk about football in general. Uh, For those of you who don't know or are unfamiliar with the site, I I talk about everything, mostly from a – it's not from – the typical fantasy football route or the um maybe the analytics route but it's just a breakdown of everything that i see when i'm watching film watching football um and basically this is a stem off of it uh it's the second podcast that we have if you want to check out the bull rushes podcast it comes out every monday wednesday friday like i said it's more of a uh overview of the league Mondays, we review the games. Wednesday, we kind of do a deep dive around the league kind of thing. And then Fridays, we uh, make our picks and preview some of the games. And then, yeah, kind of go grow as we go in, in terms of that. And then we started this, Rebuilding New York. Uh, I personally am a Jets fan, uh, for those of you who do not know. Uh, I think most of you guys who already follow me know that. Um, and... I decided to take the opportunity now that both teams are in this weird stage of kind of being really bad. Uh, the jets more specifically than the giants, the giants are, um, bad, but they're not, I don't know. They're not, they're in two different spots as franchises, right? The giants are kind of doing that thing where it's like, yes, we're rebuilding, but we're kind of like they're at a, they're further along in the process. Than the Jets are. So the Jets are stripping talent, uh, starting from scratch, breaking it all down. They're going to have a new head coach next year. They're probably going to have Trevor Lawrence. And they have another first-round pick. That's like a true rock-bottom rebuild. They're probably going to go on 16 this year. I can't see them winning another game, especially with how hard that schedule is. As for the Giants, um, they are in this like I said this weird spot where it's like they're bad but they're competitive um they have holes on the roster but it's not really the uh the end all be all for them they I mean technically they really have they have a shot at winning the division uh believe it or not with that win over Washington uh if they get a win on Thursday night they're in first place for the division I think we're tied for first place with the Cowboys but the Cowboys have the, the, uh, the tiebreaker. But look, the Cowboys didn't look that good. So I'm, I'm just saying Giants can make a run. Um, it's not going to take much to get to the playoffs for that division. The Eagles are so beat up that there's a good shot that the Giants are able to pull it off. Uh, they clearly were the better team on Sunday against Washington. Uh, made a few mistakes. I don't think that the Daniel Jones interception was actually in bounds but uh, they, they kind of got screwed with that. Um, and yeah, so that is the uh, the premise of what we're trying to do here. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and um, yeah, sorry. I was answering it. I was replying to something on Twitter. that uh called out, I, I put uh, I put out some the top 25, not top 25, the top under 25 players on both these teams, calling them re, uh, rebuilding blocks, and I left off Denzel Mims and Ashton Davis. Someone called me out on it. Um, Deservingly, so about Mims at least. Uh, maybe not so much about Ashton Davis, who isn't playing defensive snaps right now. Um, Mims, I kind of just slip of the... Uh, slip of the mind as he hasn't played yet this year uh so more about this podcast tuesday thursday is when it's going to be released uh maybe it expands in the off season depending on what my schedule looks like with the bull rush and everything like that that's probably my priority this is kind of more of a fun project because i'm a Jets fan and i do i like the giants no but do i hate them hate their fans. I don't really hate any football teams. It's I'm more of a NFL fan than I am a Jets fan. Uh, like, more of a football fan than a Jets fan. If that makes sense, like, I prefer good football to just flat out the Jets. Like, I'm not gonna... Let me rephrase this. Because that's probably not the right thing. Not the right way to phrase it. I'm a realistic Jets fan. I'm not like a, I don't know what the word, like, uh, I make my own opinions about the team. I'm a little less, uh, emotionally attached to the players than I think a lot of Jets fans are. Um, there are still Jets fans out there that can't in their mind, move on from Sam Darnold. Um, I get that. That's, a totally different type of fandom than I that I have. If the Jets win the Super Bowl, I will be ecstatic. Like, that's just like I'm a fan. I didn't mean it like that. I mean it more in the sense that like I didn't think that um I don't think that Sam's gonna work out. Right? That's I didn't I wasn't a fan of them drafting him in the first place. Um and that's something I got right, but um I, I do think that He'll probably if he ends up in the right system and if he hits free agency, he will end up in the right system because some teams are going to be turned off him, and some teams are going to embrace his uh, play style in the sense that like, I don't know, I could see like a like a Sam Fran make sense for him. Uh, with how the Colts play sometimes, I think that makes sense for them. But the Jets, the way they're playing football right now, it doesn't make sense. And they have a better opportunity for a better quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And if they take Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick, or if they have the first overall pick and have the opportunity to take Trevor Lawrence, not only are they going to do it, but they're going to be able to ship that off and sell that off to any head coaching candidate that walks in the door to interview. And they're going to have a problem this year. With bringing in guys for interviews. It's going to happen. And I'll tell you why it's going to happen. What is this? One, two. In the last decade, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles, Adam Gase. Right? That's three. John Edzik, Mike uh, Tannenbaum, Mike McCagnan, and now Joe Douglas. That's way too many in a decade. Guys are going in and out the door. And that's a problem. As for the Giants on the flip side, I don't know if they if they fire Gettleman after this year. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, The Maras are kind of weird about how they handle those types of things. And I personally have faith in Joe Judge. And I know a lot of people don't like him. They don't like his tactics. It seems like that locker room likes him a lot. And that's something. If guys buy in, shit like that works. The shit that he's doing is going to work. So that's my opinion on those two. Uh, At the moment, uh, of course, I'm on the Adam Gase farm train. Uh, We'll talk about that later. Um, But more on what we're doing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays are really going to be breakdown of Sunday slash Monday slash. uh, You know, the previous week's games Um, like for today, we're going to go over a bit of what happened on Sunday, Um, unfortunately, for whatever reason. Game Pass decides to update a little bit late. Um, like I had to do this all this morning, which sucks. Um, ended up getting through uh, three fourths of the Jets game before switching it to to the regular tape because the the coaches tape does take a little bit longer, and I was running out of time. And then probably halfway through the Giants game before having to switch to the regular tape. Um, probably have more notes on the Jets and the Giants, but we'll make up for that on Thursday. And I get to re-watch everything that went on and give more opinions. So that's Tuesday. Tuesday's going to be a review, uh, kind of a general feel of what's going on for both these teams uh, during the weekend because news is going to break for both these teams because not only are they New York teams, but there's a lot going on with them. Uh, A lot of, uh, what's the word, prolific um, aces in the organization. I don't know if that's the right word. But what I mean by that is for the Giants, you have guys like Derek Dooley's on the on the coaching staff. Jason Garrett, of course, who they show on the broadcast more than they show freaking Joe Judge, which is insane. Freddie Kitchens is one of the coaches. Like, there's a lot of guys that, you know, are, can make headlines. Like, Jason Garrett says something. your media is going to report it. That's what I mean by that. Um so the jets they have guys like greg williams who was talking shit to the media about adam gase and then adam gase um kind of snapping back at him but through cbs saying that he was a distraction and that they wanted to handle it behind closed doors but it's like you're talking to the media right now making it not behind closed doors so that doesn't make any sense to me but whatever that's not my problem um That's what I mean by stuff that's going to come out. Um, and then, of course, and we'll talk about this in a couple of minutes. Steve McClendon gets traded. One of the captains on the Jets, 34 years old on a one-year deal. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so that's going to be Tuesday's podcast, kind of like what's going on uh, for the Jets and the Giants. And then Thursday is going to be game preview. We'll talk about the draft. We'll have a lot more to offer on Thursdays in terms of, Breaking down the roster, who's playing well, who's not playing well, things I would do that they're not doing. Um, breaking down coaches, breaking down whatever it might be that uh, we're going to bring up. Trade partners. I mean, the trade deadline's coming up soon. We'll probably bring that up the next few podcasts because I think the Jets are going to be sellers at the deadline, and I think the Giants, Giants might be sellers. I I'm having a tough time trying to figure it depends on if what they do on thursday with the eagles if they think they have a chance of making the playoffs which would be pretty incredible if they did so because they are not a good enough play uh team to make the playoffs but if they think that they have any chance whatsoever they might make a trade would i do it probably not because i do think that there are a few players away from being you know like a real contender and if you kind of toe this line and you go seven and nine somehow, and maybe the Cowboys or the Eagles figure it out and they go eight and eight and they make it, then you're picking in the middle of the first round. and you got issues. so I don't know. Uh, the likelihood of that happening, probably not. I mean, they're one and five. Can't believe we're in week seven of the league already, but they're one and five already, so uh, it's it's tough to imagine. And if they do make the playoffs somehow and they get blown out in the first round, which would probably happen, their first round pick is going to be even worse. So in terms of the rebuild structure, um, maybe not the best decision to go all in right now. Uh, I do like what I've seen out of them, but that will be touched on in a bit. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about the Steve McClendon trade. Because a lot of people are pissed off about it. I'm trying to wrap my head around why. He's 34. He had a one-year deal. He isn't as talented as I think people are giving him credit for. But he's smart. Like, he knows how to play the position, but maybe physically... He's not really there anymore. I think that would be the best way to phrase that. Um, And, you know, I'm shocked they got anything for him. So that's where I... That's where I kind of, you know... I kind of get confused with the whole... The fact that they got anything... Steve McClendon for what the circumstances of this contract are um, is impressive and don't forget the Jets are giving up a 7th round pick for it in 2023 yeah and the 6th round doesn't come until 2022 yeah but it's another pick for the next 2 years where I think you're going to see the actual rebuilding of New York Jets take place right this year and next year are crucial years because you have two first round picks for both those years and then you have an extra third you now have an extra six. Um, you might have an extra seventh uh this upcoming year through the Perry Nickerson trade but I don't know if that's going to actually carry over I'm not quite sure uh how that if the terms were met for that for that trade to go through. I guess we'll see. Uh, I think it was conditional, and I don't know if he made the roster when he was traded for the uh, Seahawks, but whatever, ignore that. Um, regardless, they have a lot of trade uh, draft capital. Um, is it the first trade, is it the last trade you're going to see from the Jets? Probably not. Probably not. Um, I think you do see a trade for somebody like a Brian pool and, uh, Marcus may could be traded before the deadline and good for him. Cause he one deserves to get paid and I don't think the jets are going to go through with it. And two, I hope he ends up on a contender because the guy's talented and he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Um, guys like Avery Williamson might be gone. He's on the last year of his deal. Quinton Williams, if he gets offered for a first, uh, which I don't know if he does. I think the most they get for him is a second. Uh, Do they make that trade? Probably not. Do they move Sam Darnold before the deadline? Like I said, probably not. They probably need to play up his value a little more throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Guys like, no one's going to take Henry Anderson. That deal is a train wreck. Um maybe Jamison Crowder uh and if you want to go through that route I wouldn't Crowder's under contract next year as well I would be very surprised if they decided it was time to move on from him I think he'd be a good piece for the next um the next coordinator not the next coordinator the next uh coach offensive coordinator I guess um and then for the Giants you kind of have you have Logan Ryan who's expiring he's a little older uh that might be tough to move him leonard williams who's making 16 million this year that'll be tough unless you're retaining most of it um they really don't have that many expiring guys outside of maybe you can move like (laughs) uh you can't move plumbing and he's expiring um I don't see anyone on the Giants right now that I'd move. And yeah, I don't, at least for the expiring guys, as for the Jets, you could see a couple of guys get moved, in my opinion, at least. Uh, Jets have way more expiring contracts, and that is because they decided they were going to tank this year, basically, by um, signing guys to... Mediocre guys to one-year deals that it would free up cap space next year for the next coach to be attracted to come to the job. Joe Douglas knew that he was going to have a tough time bringing in whoever he wanted to bring in. It's a tough sell, it really is right now with that ownership group. It, it, I, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, Guys are coming in and out in front office and the coaching staff way too often for it to be a comfortable. Um, move for the uh, for a coach. I think that Joe Douglas is going to ease a lot of minds. The fact that he took that job, um, and he was one one of the more coveted front office, uh, potential GMs for the uh when he was an Eagle. Uh, he kind of got hired. He was expected to get hired the following year. He got the job early because the Jets decided to fire their GM after the draft. An incredibly uh, dumb move. All right. Let's hop into the games, and we're going to start with the Giants because I'm talking a little too much Jets right now. The amount of times I do that is probably going to be way too many. Um, if it starts to get bad, let me know on Twitter at rny Um on Instagram you can find us at the Bull Rush or no. On Instagram you can find us at Bull Rush Football. And then let me know on the website or email me at rebuilding uh rebuilding New York at gmail.com. So if I'm if I'm talking too much fo- Jets football, you gotta let me know because that's kinda where my mind's gonna gonna go because of the the fandom, like I said, fan but realistic fan. Um as for the Giants, I I do have a a solid feel about the roster. Um, This podcast isn't complete without them, though. Uh, The the point of this is to talk about New York football in general and how bad it's been the past. um, Honestly, probably since 2017, where the record for both these teams combined is um, 28 and 78. That's combined. 28 wins. How many think the do you think the New England Patriots have since 2017? How many do you think they have? So let's let's see how many wins they have. They have two this year, 12, 14. So that's uh 25 right there. That's two less than both these teams combined. Combined. Um and then if you want to add in the 2017 season, they're at like 39 wins, not including playoff wins. This is not including playoff wins. That's insane. And I'm not even talking about the Patriots right now. We could look at the Packers. We look at plenty of other teams that surpass the Jets and the Giants combined record. It's Insanity how bad these two football teams have been. It really is. It's mind boggling and there's no place for it anymore. Like I'm, I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of seeing both teams suck. Why, why do they suck? I don't know. I don't understand why we don't have, I don't know what the, I have to do. So this is my issue is that I'm more in tune with the jets beat. than the giants beat. So I have to get better at that. But right now, the Jets beat not holding Adam Gase accountable. Fans, Twitter, holding Adam Gase accountable. Jets beat. It's everyone else's fault but Adam Gase. Don't want to piss off Adam Gase because he's one of the anonymous sources I have, I'm sure. Uh, let's hop into the game for the uh, Washington football team against the Giants. Uh, as we know, the Giants win 20-19. to Washington goes for a two-point conversion at the end of the game to try and win it. They end up not converting. Giants make a good play on Kyle Allen. And uh, the Giants get their first win and are now in what place? Second place in the... No, third place in the NFC East. And if they win on Thursday, they, they, um, they end up in second. All right, let's... First thing that you notice, Andrew Thomas not playing. Uh, it came out that he was suspended due to a – he came to a meeting late. That's no good. Um, At least it was that, and rather than play, that would be alarming. Um, it's – he has he been playing great this year? Well, I wouldn't say he's been playing that good. Uh, I had him ranked as my fourth offensive tackle. was very surprised that he went – as early as he did, I um, still had him as a first-round pick. Um, he checks in late in the game, so I guess that makes up for it. But Matt Perk sees the uh, the majority of snaps in that case. Um, all right, where to begin? Cam Fleming cannot start for this football team. Matt Pert needs to play right tackle. If I look at my notes, this is from first or second drive. Pert holding his own so far. Fleming is the one struggling. Maybe don't leave Chase Young untouched on runs. Uh, What else do we have about Uh, Cam Fleming? o-line gets blown up on next play 75 has to go he's getting he's going to get someone killed because he, he oh, there's one of these plays where he doesn't touch a single person and i've seen this before he did this in the steelers game he did this in the i think he did this in the cowboys game as well where he he'll take a step back as he goes into the pass into pass block and they'll be someone on his right side and someone on his inside, and he'll either, I don't know if he gets confused, I don't know if he gets overwhelmed, but he doesn't touch either of them. And that's a serious problem when you're playing tackle in the NFL. If Chase Young happened to touch or to get past Cam Fleming like that on the edge, right, and there was no running back to pick him up, Chase Young would send Daniel Jones to the hospital, and I don't want to say that like I'm not kidding right now. Like that's a serious, serious issue. You're gonna get your quarterback killed. I don't. I under. I don't understand why he's starting. Put Matt Purdy on at right tackle, or put Andrew Thomas at right tackle. Whoever, take your pick. Who cares? Cam Fleming is terrible. He. Is of all the people that stood out as not so great, he's at the top. It was so. It was embarrassing. I, I honestly, I couldn't believe that they had them in. That he had him in, and Matt hurts holding his own a tackle. Like you'd think that Matt hurts sucked. He was. He was good. He was solid. He did his job. Cam Fleming's got to go. It's. No, it's too the game's moving too fast for him. I don't know what the problem is. I I really don't. I don't understand why they would keep him in. Um the fact that they signed him at all was mind-boggling to me. Um He was terrible on the Cowboys. Like I don't uh, I don't get it, man. It that's a scary thing it really is put Matt and he's he, you're going to get him you're going to get somebody hurt uh and if it's daniel jones that's that's on you man that's on whoever's making that call if it's garrett if it's judge whoever is making that call the o line coach whoever uh oh no that's um the o line coach is uh mark colombo that's on you man whoever's making that call that's that's gonna be on you, and that's gonna be really bad if Daniel Jones gets killed because Cam Fleming's in the football for whatever reason that Cam Fleming's in the game. It's it's bad. Um let's see, going back to the notes. Uh Devontae Freeman looks good. They they kind of struggle to move the ball uh in terms of moving out the middle. Um off tackle, they're pretty good with the run. Uh, the Redskin oh, the Washington football team um of course was is very talented on the uh in the middle of the field with that D line uh you could tell that the Giants are playing a little more quickly um because of this because they're kind of worried about their offensive line um on that first drive Giants need to come away with six not three six. I I can't stand that. It's been a problem, it feels like. The Giants get in a scoring range, and they can't convert. You need to put up six, man. Come on. Need to come away with six. Uh, Don't leave Chase Young untouched on runs. That was questionable. He almost got Devontae Freeman killed. Uh, Jones has shown the ability to throw the football away. And at times where last year I think he would force it. And then he has the dime to Darius Slayton for six, which was awesome. That was a great throw, great catch. Slayton kind of held to, uh, I think, two catches on the day, which was very surprising. Um, he On four targets, he finished with two catches, 41 yards, and touchdown. I think they both come early, the catches, uh, if I'm not mistaken. That was, uh, that was pretty surprising. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on from that. Um, Daniel Jones played pretty well in this game, from my, uh, from what I saw in the coach's film, and then watching the rest of the game. Um, he's under a lot of pressure for a lot of the game. He really is, and he makes the decision makes his decision quick. It's a lot of check downs because I think that's the game plan. It doesn't look like um, they look like they first read. It doesn't look like it's. Um, it's being done like he's afraid to push the ball down the field. It generally looks genuinely looks like he is looking to uh, throw the ball. to. Uh, it, it's a design play. Um, An issue. Daniel Jones should not be leading your team in rushing yards, but he does have that 150 yard run. That was pretty awesome. Uh, They took That was a good play call and a good read by Daniel Jones. They took advantage of an aggressive Washington defense um, who was flying up the field and got caught. They caught caught, uh, not playing the RPO, called it when you probably least expected. It was, it was a good play. Um, Some notes about their defense because I honestly I had more to say about them on the offense. Actually, no, we'll finish with the offense right here with seven minutes left. You can't waste that drive and try and rely on defense. Like, I don't know what they, why there was no lack of why there was a lack of urgency. Um, that late in the game when it's a tie game. Um, and then you're you're kicking the ball back to them back to the uh back to Washington and it's just come on now i mean i i understand that you don't want to turn the ball over but jones has been playing well the one pick that he threw was not his fault um yeah he only threw for 112 but it wasn't a bad game out of him that's kind of what you were asking him to do was throw those short passes I I let him air it out a little more. I I didn't like that call, and um, but hey, it is what it is. The uh, the Giants ran about twenty five, yeah, twenty five less plays in the than Washington on offense. Washington ran seventy three, and the Giants ran forty eight. Forty eight not enough. Um, but I guess that's what happened because of the circumstances. In uh, in terms of. Um, where the ball was and whatnot. So let's move on and uh, let's go to the Giants defense where a majority of my notes came in from. So the Giants started in zone. I was kind of surprised by that because you had guys from the Giants beat talking about how James Bradbury was on the number two for Washington on, and uh, Ryan Lewis was the one covering McLaurin. That wasn't true. They're in a zone. <laughs> it was whatever. The the guy related to the Patriots and what they do for like Tyreek Hill and what they did for Marvin Harrison back in the day, where they'd put well for Hill, for example, they put um either JC Jackson, which actually I don't think that they actually put JC Jackson on him. I think that they would put Jonathan Jones on him because Jonathan Jones is faster. Then JC Jackson, and then they'd put McCordy above him, and they would kind of just double team Tyreek Hill, and then Stefan Gilmore would go and take out Sammy Watkins, whoever's lining up across from him. This guy kind of related Jason James Bradbury to that. Uh not the case. They were in zone. They they were in zone. All right, first thing you notice that pops out, and I'll be honest, before this podcast started, didn't watch a ton of film on the Giants. Didn't need to. Mostly watched the film on some of the better teams um, in terms of the actual game coaches film. I'm not talking like football, like the entire game itself. I've seen the Giants play, of course. I don't understand why Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder Are lined up eight yards off the football. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's they're getting beat in pass coverage because running backs are running five yards and turning around. It's a five-yard game every time, and uh, because they're usually in zone, so they're dropping back even further than the eight yards. Oh, they dropping back like. Under the five yards, no, they're at maybe two yards, and then they're at like they're eight yards off the ball, seven yards off the ball, whatever they are, and running backs right there. Kyle on <laughs> to dump it off to uh McKissick or Gibson or whoever it might be, and it's a five-yard game. Why they do that? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It also ruins their run game. Because if the defensive line doesn't, I think it's because of two reasons why they do this. That they have so much trust in the defensive line that they think that the defensive line can stop the run game by themselves, which at times they can't because, you know, at some point you get outnumbered. And two, I think that they're worried about the defense, the uh, linebackers in coverage, that they need to get them back. And Martinez stinks in coverage. So that makes sense. Um, But the problem is. In the run game, they're so far back that when Dexter Lawrence gets double teamed and they break, th- like, if someone breaks through the line and the defensive linemen, like, on this one play, do not do as good of a job as they normally do, they're screwed, and it's a big gain. Um, and they got attacked on this a couple of times, and uh, they did it the whole game with the linebackers. I don't really get why doesn't make any sense to me. Um, on the first drive, uh, Washington missed the field goal. That would have won the game for them. Uh, they got off the hook for that. Cause that was honestly, Washington should have scored a touchdown with the way they were driving down the field. Um, what else do we have? Um Berry looked really good yesterday. Had a nice pick. Uh, Giants did a really good job on that play, securing the middle of the field. Um, Fackrell impressed me as a pass rusher. Didn't know much about him, really, um, until this game. He had a sack on the day. That was nice. Leonard Williams had a sack. But the play after for Leonard, Leonard Williams, first of all, he went crazy when he got a sack. I mean... <laughs> This guy's getting paid for a million dollars a game, and he has, what, one sack on the air? The guy's going nuts. He didn't get blocked on the play. So let's just tone it down a little bit, Leonard Williams. You're probably not getting re-signed. Um, oh, I'm sorry. This is the second sack of the year. Apologies. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Um. Oh, and the next play, Leonard Williams is pretty solid against the run. I'll, I'll say that. A pass rusher, not not his forte. Against the run, the next play after that sack, he makes a really good play, stuffing the hole, and then getting through. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Logan Ryan had a nice sack. Um, roughing the punter is disgusting. I don't understand how that's an issue that continues to drive, and I think that that leads to the Washington football team scoring a touchdown. On, uh, to end the, f- the first half. Unacceptable. That can't happen. Um, on that touchdown, Julian Love uh, lets it up to uh, Logan Thomas. Totally understandable. I mean, Logan Thomas makes a hell of a play and Kylon can't put it in a better spot. Julian Love's all over him and can't make the play. Uh, there's nothing he could do about it. Um, not much more to that. And then Fast forward to the end of the game or towards the fourth quarter. Washington, uh this the Giants hold Washington to a field goal. Um and then the next drive after the Giants score, Tate Crowder returns a fumble for a touchdown. Those two plays that stop and that touchdown, that wins the game. The defense won this game for the Giants. The Giants have an issue. They don't have weapons on offense. Golden Tate, not, not a thing. Like, miss me with that. That's. Stop bringing him up in the conversation as a weapon. Like, it's not Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and. Um, Darius Slayton. It's just not. Darius Slayton's the best receiver on this team. Um, Sterling Shepard, he's got to get healthy because they signed him to that extension. And he, where, where has he been? He only has eight catches on the air. Uh, six against the Steelers. He's been injured. He's been banged up. Um, he was on IR for a bit, of course. Last year, only plays 10 games. He's never had a 1,000-yard season. That's an issue. Uh, really looked great in that first uh, season in 2016 but I don't know, man. I just, he hasn't played a full season since 2018. Um, let's look at the, yeah, it's a four year, $41 million deal that he signed last year. And he's played in since last year, he's played in 12 games has 600 yards. It's not a great signing. Uh, I get that you want to keep him around, but he's got to get on the field. He really does. Um, Not a fan of that, of him not getting on the field. Of course, it sucks because I'm never, listen, I'm never going to root against the guy, but like stuff like that, like I'm more criticizing the front office than the player itself. Um, $41 million for a guy that's not really playing that much. It's way too much money. Oh, okay. And then, to finish this off last drive of the game, Washington goes down the field way too easy with three minutes left. Um, Martinez was terrible in coverage. He kind of lets up two or three plays on that drive and on that touchdown, Logan Ryan gets burned really badly. Um, and then the G-men really win. I know I said that the red zone stop and the crowd or TD return win the game, but, they really win on a terrible play call for the two-point conversion from Washington. Terrible play call. It it really was. Um overall thoughts not a great game. Uh Giants offense didn't play as bad as I thought they would have. Um kind of have to make do with how good that Washington defensive front is. Uh bench Cam Fleming please for Matt Pert. Um and yeah that that defense it looked good uh, I think I gave them a little too much credit before the uh, before the game I really thought the defense played a lot better and the offense played worse but there were parts of the defense that I didn't like that I saw obviously they hold them to 19 points that's solid but like the eight the guys being lined up as far back as they were that is an issue Um I have to look back to see if that's a consistent thing or if that's a new thing for this week if it's a new thing maybe maybe they were told to do that for some particular reason I'm not sure um but yeah uh, the secondary looked better than I thought Peppers looked better than I thought he would he's got to be more aggressive on his tackles when he he can go meet someone at the line of scrimmage right and like it should be a tackle for loss and the guy will get two yards. And it's like you're in the the like you're making the play, you're just not driving back. Um, so that was a weird observation I had. But yeah, well they move the ball way too easy on the on the Giants. That's an issue for me. Um, but when it counted, the red zone defense looked pretty solid outside of the Logan Ryan touchdown. All right, so let's move on to the ugly Jets. And they're 24 to nothing loss against the Dolphins. All right, moving on to the terrible Jets football team. Uh, not much to say about them. Duh. My notebook is filled with total crap that they did. Uh, let's hop into the offense first. All right, ready for this? We're going to read out every drive's first play. First play, run out of shotgun of Frank Gore. Second drive, another first down, another run to Frank Gore. Third, Jets refuse to gain more than two yards on first down. Dump it to Jameson Crowder and flats. Fourth drive, Gore rush on first down again. Fifth drive, run on first down. Sixth drive. Uh Guess what the first down call was? It was a run to Frank Gore again. Seventh drive. They're down 21 to nothing at this point. Run on first down. Dot, dot, dot. Again. There's 20 seconds left in the first half. They didn't run it this time, but instead they ran a swing. I think a swing or a dump. It was a dump off to the running back. I didn't really specify. I don't really remember what they ran. And then... (laughs) they run on fourth and one to end the half with like two seconds left why don't you try why wouldn't you air it out god forbid you threw a pick you're down 21 to nothing anyway who gives a crap and then the ninth drive run on first down to Gore Gase brilliant offensive mind 10th drive run to Gore 11th drive run to Ty Johnson 12th drive run to Frank Gore 13th drive Ty Johnson's last run of the day um and that's the uh, last time they get the ball. They only get the to touch the ball 13 times, it appears. Um unless I missed a drive somewhere, but I'm pretty sure I did not. Uh Perryman drops two on the first drive. Um Shocker can't just be a track star. You gotta you gotta be better than that. I, I, I don't know what else to say. It it looks worse in coaches film than it does on the broadcast field. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, Flacco can't, isn't accurate um, down the field. He has a little bit of, he's able to get it down the field. He just, I don't think he knows where it's going to land. Greg Van Rotten. He's got to go. He, no, he gets beat a lot. It looked bad on Sunday. Uh, Jets started to run play action again. Um, they did last week, of course, too. I don't know why they waited till Sam Darnold was out to start doing that, but that's neither here nor there. Flacco needs to read pocket better. Um, he's stepping into blitzes. Jets refused to do anything other than throw the ball to 82. Uh, the entire time, the only thing that's what, that was working. This worked every time they did it. Throw the ball to the middle of the field. How many times did they do it? Maybe five, six. Every time they did it. Worked. They did it two times in a row. And then back to screens. And then you go off sides. Uh, Michael Ryan reads the blitz wrong. Uh, There's a penalty. The Jets attack the middle of the field again. Hey, it's working. It's where the zone is vulnerable in the pass game. And then the Jets can't handle the blitz, and um, McGovern snaps the ball to Flacco when Flacco's trying to adjust the uh, protection. So that, that's just outstanding. Uh At this point, we're down 14-0. Gore run, run on first and second down. Uh, you're down 14-0. Why are you playing like this? It's now third and seven. And then Flacco is sacked in a five-man blitz where everyone is head up on someone. I don't know what to say about that. Um, next drive, run on first down again. Um, you're down 14. Why, why are you doing this? Um, I don't know why they go away from attacking the field. They still haven't, again, since I last mentioned it. Um, they're relying too much on Flacco and Gore to make a play. Maybe in twenty seventeen twenty th- thirteen this is possible, but it's twenty twenty. I, I don't understand what they're trying to do. Uh the bubble screen thing is ridiculous. You you see them called almost every play, and then towards the end of the game, Jets are in like the on in the thirty in like that thirty to twenty yard range. Flacco's throwing the ball out of bounds uh with like five minutes left. Or or maybe a little bit more than that. They're down twenty four to nothing. And he's throwing the ball away, like, out of bounds. Why aren't you taking a shot, man? Like, come on. Like, why aren't we being aggressive? I think the Jets start James Morgan uh, next week, but that's just me. I'm sick of Joe Flacco. Uh, He is terrible. Um, As for the defense, Ashton Davis not getting any snaps. That's a problem. Um... The D-line wasn't getting as bullied as I thought they were. They subbed the entire D-line out at times, which is like totally mind-boggling that you take all four out for an entire drive, uh, meaning Kyle Phillips, McClendon, Q, um, and Jordan Jenkins. And you put in uh, Franklin Myers, uh, Forlantu, uh Henry Anderson, and Terrell Basham. And then towards the end of the game, you put in Bryce Huff. With that group, and it's like, why would you not just replace one of them? Why do you replace the whole line? Because this group, they're more of a pass rush group, it seems, and they can't do shit against the run. So I don't understand why Greg Williams is doing that. Um towards the end of the game, I think that they end up mixing it up and put Basham and Bryce Huff on the outside, but keep the middle guys there with uh, Q and McCondon. But that that's the extent of their defensive creativity. Hey Jamal Adams, you're gonna get bored in Seattle, aren't you? Um plus um. Austin isn't out there for a little bit of the game. He was inactive last week. I think he's battling injury, but I could be wrong about that. So nothing to be too concerned about it with that. Um what is concerning is the fact that Lamar Jackson is getting a ton of snaps. Lamar Jackson lets that touchdown to Preston Williams. He gets absolutely burned on the play. Uh, Preston Williams takes one step to the outside, and Lamar Jackson automatically assumes that it's going to be a fade, and Preston Williams runs a slant. Touchdown. What else do we got? Uh, Marcus May's pick was nice. Um, Brian Poole's pick was nice. And stupid flags again. Shocker. Um, Really not much else to report outside of Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff and Terrell Basham. Need to be on the field the same at the same time, and they need to be rushing the passer together from opposite sides, because that kind of worked a little bit. And the Jets have no pass rushers naturally. Jordan Jenkins can't rush the passer. He's going to be gone next year. There's no way he comes back. I, I I would find that hard to believe. Um, if they brought Jordan Jenkins back, who can't pa- he doesn't rush the passer. Like he's solid. I get that. I get he's good against the run can't rush the passer man and like stuff like that you need that in today's nfl um but yeah i'm other than that uh things to note from the jets game let's look at the snaps real quick to make sure i'm not missing anything um And oh um, I I me- I meant to bring this up. We we saw a couple of guys get benched on the offensive line towards the end of the game. Uh, McDermott ends up coming in for uh Fant. I think no, not Fant. Um, Adoga and um. Alex Lewis, for whatever reason, gets bench, benched for Josh Andrews. Uh, I don't know if he gets hurt, but I, I would assume that he got banged up in some way. I don't know how you take out Alex Lewis before you take out Van Ron. That makes no sense to me. Uh, P. Ryan has 41 snaps. Uh, Herndon gets the mo- Majority of the tight end play, which is nice to see him kind of get more playing time. Um, because you don't know, Ryan Griffin has been out snapping him. That's no good. Uh, Vincent Smith's back, which is nice. Tyler Johnson, um, looked really good, but only got four snaps for whatever reason. Don't know why. Don't get why. He had like 40 yards on the in the game, and they decided to, you know, we're like, ah, we're good. Let's put Frank Gore back in, you know, because why not? Um, other than that Bryce Huff has got to play more than 14 snaps that's dumb um, and Eshen Davis That that's the only one that I think I'm really missing outside of that who needs to play more than zero snaps defensively because that's just terrible um, yeah and that's that's it for the Jets game I'm Sick of talking to them about them. So, all right. So next we have the trade deadline. We're going to see moves from both these teams. Uh, we'll talk more about that on Thursday and we'll preview the Giants Eagles game as well as the Jets um, Bills game, which, ugh, that'll be tough. Um, should we do draft talk? Uh, I'm debating it right now. All right, let's 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 do it a little bit. Um, So right now, if you follow the thebullrush.com, or the-bullrush.com, I should clarify that. You'd know that my original um, big board came out, my preseason big board came out. That's obviously changed a lot um, since that moment. It's not... I don't constantly update it because we don't even have the big 10 playing right now. It's kind of a weird spot. I'm kind of in a weird spot for evaluating guys because of this. But let's talk a little draft. I have seven guys, my top seven right now, probably going to be unchanged, probably locked Lawrence at one uh, penny school two, um, But can make a challenge for that one spot. He's He's awesome. He's probably not playing this year. Unless he comes back for whatever reason. Uh, Jamar Chase is my number three. Trey Lance is number four. Micah Parsons is number five. Apparently, uh, teams just don't know how to use these kind of guys anymore. For whatever reason, uh, the Cardinals decide to select Isaiah Simmons. And they're like, oh my God, what do we do with them? And they get nervous. It's like that scene from um, Talladega Knights where... Ricky Bobby doesn't know what to do with his hands. What do we do with my hands? What do we do with Isaiah Simmons? I don't know. Put him in the game. Figure it out. How like how do you draft someone like that and not have a plan? It makes no it made no, it makes no sense to me. He's getting no like no snaps for Arizona. Why? I'm not sure, but it's a mess. And if that happens to Michael Parsons, I'll be very upset. Uh, Parsons made that transition from edge to regular middle inside linebacker so he's kind of that freaky athlete who is over aggressive but he's new to the position i think it's gonna be awesome at the next level and gregory russo is my number six fields is my number seven and then we get into like Devontae smith jalen waddle waddle's probably above smith right now he's looked awesome um but i don't know how anyone doesn't like smith um So like that top nine, top 10, if you include Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State is like, that's, those are some guys to get excited about, right? Like, whoa, Mike just fell. Like if we're looking at the Jets and the Giants roster, Trevor Lawrence pops into mind for whoever's picking first. Doesn't matter who they have. If You have the first round pick, you're taking them. Uh, Sewell would fit both these rosters at that left they'd honestly he'd probably go to right tackle for the jets left tackle for the giants kick andrew thomas over um jamar chase would fit both these rosters trey Lance jr probably it's the more riskier pick of the three but the risk sometimes matches the reward if you're going to build the offense around him, like the ravens did with lamar because this kid could run too um i'm all in but other than that probably not for either of these teams. Michael Parsons would be good for the Giants. Jets have bigger issues. Gregory Rousseau would be awesome for either of these two teams. He's some, like, a guy that, like, if you're talking about the All-Pro and who's going to be an All-Pro in the next five years, it's Lawrence and Rousseau. Like, that's just... And maybe Sewell. Probably Sewell, actually, too. Those are the three guys that I think immediately make an impact and maybe even Jamar Chase. Um <sighs> Fields is the franchise quarterback wouldn't take the risk though. Uh Waddle would be good for these teams. Devontae Smith, Wyatt Davis would come in and start for both these teams. Um and then this is where my list gets a little rough. I had Dylan Moses as 12 currently I don't even think he's in he's getting in the first round right now. Uh, I have to look into certain and see how he's played. I haven't checked out that film yet. Caleb Farley uh, probably moves up a little bit in in this in these circumstances to a, um, a like the 11th spot. ETN's awesome. Sean Wade, I can't wait to see what he looks like. This, this was made before the Big Ten announced that they're coming back. Just want to point that out. Uh, Rondell Moore, have him at 16. Rashad Bateman is awesome. Yeah. Um, I am worried that he's going to play himself into a situation where the Jets will not be able to take him in that second with that second first pick. But it is what it is. He he probably doesn't want to come here anyway. I don't know anyone that would. Trey Smith is awesome. Uh, Kyle Pitts, who is 19. He belongs a lot higher. He looks like Darren Waller out there. Um, And Javon Holland, who I believe opted out. He's going to be a really good player in the league as well and that's missing a lot of guys so that was my preseason board um just to give you a glimpse of what i did last year for those of you who do not know who i am um and what i how i kind of evaluate guys let's pull up last year's top five um i usually do the top five guys at every position um so last year For quarterbacks, I want Burrow, Herbert, Eason, Tua, Jordan Love. Uh, I didn't really see it with Tua, um, but that's just me. Of course, Eason, it sounds like I was the only person who was ranking players that didn't know about his off-the-field issues or alleged off-the-field issues. There were some concerns there, apparently. I won't go into it because I don't know much about it still. Um, but the guy's arm talent was awesome enough for me to put him third. And I thought it was a sneaky, good athlete, but neither here nor there. Um, running back. I have Dobbins, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire at two, Jonathan Taylor, three, Deandre Swift four, Keyshawn Vaughn, five for wide receiver. It's kind of where I got a little funky rugs lamb. Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, Judy chase Claypool almost made the fifth spot. And I, I decided not to do it. And, I feel really weird about that. Um, for tight end, I went Cole Komet, Harrison Bryant, uh, Adam Trotman, Albert Akawamba. But um, I don't really know how to pronounce his name. But the kid out of Missouri who uh, um, ended up with the uh, the Broncos. Uh, I think he was like a, I can't remember what pick he was, Fourth round pick, I think. Um and Devin Asiasi, who um probably most excited about. I probably had him a little too low. Um, but um unfortunately he's a Patriot. Um offensive line I went Becton, Wills, Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Cesar Ruiz, um, Austin Jackson. I loved him, um, but couldn't make my top five. That's what was weird about doing the offensive line the way I did it. I wish I broke it down my position. <sighs> Defensive line. We went Kinlaw, Derek Brown, Russ Blacklock, Neville Gallimore, Jordan Elliott. Um, edge, we went Chase Young, of course. Caleb on Chase on Gross Mottos, Epinesa, Terrell Lewis, linebacker Simmons, Queen, Murray, Zach Vaughn, um, and Josh Uche. Josh, Josh Uche. Wow, that was weird. Um probably my biggest regret is not having this guy Julian Blackman hire, but I went Winfield, McKinney, Ashton Davis, Kyle Duggar, and Julian Blackman. It's gonna be a stacked safety class. Um it really is. Those five guys are gonna be really, really effing good in the league. Um and then cornerback was probably my my biggest um shake-up compared to other people uh cj henderson aj terrell akuda christian fulton and jalen johnson uh that's kind of where i stood on a lot of these guys um as for those are my top five as for my uh where is it my my guys in this past year's draft i made a list of guys that i i really liked and would have wanted to walk away with if i had the opportunity to uh eason clyde edwards allaire dobbins Keyshawn vaughn javon leek who's not even in the league anywhere that was a bad one uh rugs Ayuk, Pittman, van jefferson claypool beckton sadiq charles for what he was worth um worfs as a guard. I didn't think he was ready to play tackle. He's proved me wrong with that, but had him at my th- as my third tackle, but whatever. Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, Kinlaw, Raquan Davis, Jordan Elliott, K. Chase on Gross Mottos, Bradley Anne, um Simmons, um Jennings, and Fernie Jennings, I should say. Um, AJ Terrell, Bryce Hall as is- was awesome i'm happy that jets got him um he probably won't see the field the rest of the year but whatever um robertson who i liked a lot who went to the raiders troy pride jr who's starting for the panthers right now he's looked okay jalen johnson winfield um ashton davis and julian blackman um ended up having a lot of jets on that list which was peculiar um but whatever uh and then let's thursday is going to be previewing jets uh jets bills giants eagles um we're going to talk about last year's draft uh we're going to talk about the trade deadline and i think that's going to be it for today so thank you guys for listening to episode one be sure to check out the website d-bullrush.com for whatever i'm posting um I don't know what I have next in store. I think I'm going to be talking about the number one pick uh, and Trevor Lawrence next. I forget when that's coming out. Um, Follow me on Twitter, RNYBuilding. Email us at rebuildingnewyork at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. And don't forget to like, review, subscribe, whatever they do for podcasts on Spotify. Apple Podcasts should be up soon on there. Uh, Hopefully really soon, but we've had some problems. So Uh, we'll see what happens with that. And yeah, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.